contingent of the committee, including the commissioner, crossed countless cow pastures in West Texas to consume all the chili peppers and Las Cruces. The committee was graciously granted crest passes for the game between FIU and New Mexico State. Florida International flew over international waters to arrive at Aggie Memorial Stadium. FIU launched out of the locker room and converted a touchdown, leaving their media team scurrying and scrambling to summon how to put up a touchdown graphic for social media. New Mexico State strongly rallied and responded, rolling down the field to tie up the score 7-7. The Panthers put their previous 73-0 loss in the past and pounded the Aggies' defense, defiantly dashing and dancing their way to two more touchdowns in the second quarter, taking a 21-7 halftime lead. The Aggie fans were flabbergasted as FIU was a 15-point underdog and they found themselves behind 14 at the half. The Aggies attempted to answer and cut, chisel, and carve into the Panthers' lead in the second half but couldn't convert fourth downs or field goals. FIU carefully carried the football and counted down the clock to close out the competition. FIU 21, New Mexico State 7. Welcome, everyone, to the Sickos Committee Podcast. This is our review of week five. With me, as always, well, first off, my name is Jordan. I'm VP of Graphic Design, Data Analysis, and God knows what else. With me tonight, as always, are Commissioner Escalante and our special guest, Danger, our Penn State correspondent. Danger, how was your weekend? Oh, it was it was busy. I had a lot of events, and then I decided to subject myself to immeasurable pain by watching a football game be played in the remnants of a hurricane. There were lots of games we thought were going to be hurricane games this weekend, like like remnants, gross games, and none of those ended up being it. That storm went north and just absolutely made a mess of like Pennsylvania. We were forecasting maybe some rain in, in Auburn, Alabama, a rainy game day. Oh, no, the, the hurricane had other ideas, mm-hmm. which we hope everybody in, in Florida is, is safe and recovering from that. You know, yeah, it, it went up north and like, I mean, like Maryland got some rain, Penn State, Northwestern rain, just I mean, just rain everywhere. It made for some interesting games that we didn't really expect to be two sickos up front. Yeah, but it, it caught uh, some of them off guard and, and definitely that when you're not ready for the weather, that's when it really gets fun. We'll just get into our first thing here when I ask you, how was your weekend? Uh, so I, I went on an odyssey to New Mexico. I went to Las Cruces, uh, I, in August, I, I reached out to New Mexico state. I believe John, he was working there and I, uh, for media communications. And I said, you know, I was thinking about coming to a game, maybe the New Mexico state Florida national game. Just curious if we get some sort of press credentials. I, I mean, I bought tickets for the game just to go anyway. Because yeah. I, I wanted to go, and then I was just inquiring about we can get in the press box or something. And so they were very welcoming. They they got back to me like the week after their their week zero game, and he said, "Yeah, we'll we'll do it. We'll set it up." I went on a trip from like I, I'm from this. I live in the San Antonio area, so basically I just signed up for like a 600 mile each way drive to Las Cruces. And, you know, as your sickos commissioner, I, I definitely feel like that is very, very sickos behavior to sign up for uh, a nine hour drive through the absolute nothingness of West Texas. On it was, it was interesting. We posted we posted that it was a 600 mile drive and everyone then started trying to, like, calculate where you could possibly be. Everyone kept being like, oh, you could the commissioner could live anywhere within this 600 mile circle. They had you like in Mexico, like, like almost in Monterey, Mexico for a while. Like that's what that must be where he's from. The commission. Uh, okay, I mean, my 
it's you know I go by Escalante, so I, I'm sure give me Mexican credit, but uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, it is a it is a collegiate nickname that I earned, and I've I've uh, I've kept it, but I, I don't want to like falsify. I guess my your credentials. My yeah, I'm I'm not. <laughs> Mexican, so I, I'll just say that. I mean, they allowed us to go into the press box. So we drove across nothingness. I'm talking about absolute nothing. Like, it, it was just basically Interstate 10, and then there was, like, a sign. It said, like, Van Horn, Texas, 300-some-odd miles. And I'm like, well, like, Fort Stockton is, is, like, closer, but why do they keep hyping up Van Horn? Like, I'm <laughs> like, is Van Horn something? Because, I, I mean, I've been to Fort Stockton before on, on previous drives to go out yeah. and then to go north to, like, north New Mexico and stuff like that. I was like, why are they hyping up Van Horn? Like, Fort Stockton has, like, you know, five exits. It's like, oh, that's a big town. I mean, it's it's five exits of absolute nothing, really, honestly. Yeah, of course. So we're driving and we're like, okay, Van Horn. We're like, all right, over under how many exits in Van Horn? And, like, you know, my, my friend Andrew guessed four. You know, we did the over under at three and a half. And then my mm-hmm. friend Richard, who was with me also, uh, he guessed three. And I was like, I'm going to go three. So, like, yeah. you know, the sign that you get in front of the town, like the next amount of exits, that's mm-hmm. how many are in this town. So we got the Van Horn and it, it was three exits. Uh, so yeah, I, we won the over under. So, uh, Andrew, you still owe me a dollar on that petty bet, by the way. <laughs> uh, so we had to do something to entertain ourselves on this drive. It was ridiculous. Also, we think that Van Horn needs a top golf. Can Apparently I- the, the last exit in Van Horn is called golf course drive. And there was nothing on that exit. So we figured that Van Horn, <laughs> Texas needs a top golf on golf course drive. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, w- oh. quick, quick, quick question. Uh, sure. How how fast did you guys end up going out there? So the speed limit on I ten was was eighty. You're you're out your your typical highway in Texas is maybe like seventy seventy five in some yeah. areas. It was eighty. I was I was not necessarily going too much faster than eighty. I was like that that's good enough for me because right. I mean it was it was kind of windy because there's nothing there blocking anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of wind turbines and stuff. So I mean just slightly over eighty was was good enough to to maintain my my little. My little car driving across this ridiculous trip journey to New Mexico State. My whenever whenever I go around the Austin bypass, it's eighty five there. And like my Honda, if it gets if it starts touching ninety, like my Honda starts shaking. It's, it feels definitely like it does not want to go that fast. So okay, was, well, I was, I was good. And then like they were indicating that there was like you know whenever you hit a town or something, there oh, yeah. was like somebody just waiting to get you and throw you in van horn jail like red dead redemption 2 or something like that <laughs> i10 I is also i10 is also interesting because it's one of the only interstates that has people's driveways actually pulls up straight to the interstate wait because because there's no like frontage road out there it's it's there's nothing so people's no. driveways just like exit onto the interstate which is oh, no. the only one of the only places in the country that actually happens me, me yeah, in Pennsylvania, I'm just dreaming about roads that are flat. Right. Yeah, exactly right. And this is not just flat. It is just like horizon to horizon nothingness. It's 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 scary. As, as we get closer and closer to El Paso, like we would start seeing like mountains on the side. Right, right, right. Uh, right. So there was, there was some view once we got past Fort Stockton. But it was just like, I mean, like rest areas were like 100 miles in between. It was it was ridiculous. Uh, and then, you know, just with my friends, we were just like, why did we agree to this? But this is awesome at the same time. Yep. Uh, so when we finally arrived, we actually drove right by UTEP because it's right off the interstate in El Paso. Yeah. It, like Makes they sense. have giant like metal picks like dug into the side of the interstate. 
That's, oh, yeah. So it's like the pick, the pick is under the interstate on both sides of the interstate and it has like UTEP. Uh, then we saw like the Sun Bowl facade, but the rest of it's like dug into the mountain. So you couldn't right. really see it from the interstate. It, it, in this situation, we were just like, let's just keep going. It's such a long drive of nothing. There was one ridiculous sign we saw in El Paso. It was a madman furniture in El Paso. And it was just like a weird sign with like the most grisly looking guy that would probably hunt you and track you down to make you buy furniture at his store. So, Holy shit. Uh, yes, he, he needs to sponsor us, Madman Furniture in El Paso. Please sponsor the Sickos podcast. It'd be greatly appreciated here. Yeah, uh, Danger, I'm dropping that link in the, uh, I'm dropping that picture in the uh, Discord. Give me a second. Oh, I need to see this. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really good. Oh, there's, there's a couple. Like, it's, yeah, here, yeah. here, here. It yeah, is sweet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's. Yeah. Sponsor the Sickos Pocket, the Madman Furniture. Please sponsor us. Uh, it was just something that we saw on the road. We were just like, you know, we didn't see much, but anything that we saw, we were just like, it, it, it tremendously entertained us. We'll just put it that way. Absolutely nothing. When we finally got to Las Cruces, we, mm-hmm. you know, we, we didn't realize it was mountain time at first. We we're like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, God, that's right. We got to El Paso. I'm like, oh, crap, I'm on mountain time. So I, I was so, I was like an hour behind everything. I was so confused. Like game day was on at like 7 a.m. I was like, what is going on? So like all the stuff like started at like 10. And I'm like, the bars didn't even open until like like 11. Oh so I was God. like, <laughs> it's okay. I was watching in the hotel room. But it, it was very, very strange. Uh, we went to like a game sports bar. There was like an outdoor patio. We watched uh, a few games, had a, had a couple, had, a, had a, you know, some local stuff. Uh, to drink there, some some craft stuff. Um, also, we had some Pistol Pete 1888. So I saw those cans, yeah. They, yeah, New Mexico State has their own beer. Like, yeah. they have a brewing company that made, like, their own beer. It's like a blonde ale. It was it was, it was was really good. We enjoyed it. Uh, while we tailgated, nice. I, I tried to interview some people. That was a little bit interesting because I didn't know what I was doing, which it's kind of like here. I don't know what's going on. Of course. Yeah. So I, I tried. I was just bumping into people like, hey, uh, what's your score prediction? One guy, like, was just like, I think it's going to be a close game. These are kind of evenly matched teams. And then one one dude at the tailgate was just like, 55-14. And I was like, okay. I was like, fan, love that. I yeah. think I tweeted that. So it was just yeah. like, let's let's go. So we got to see the Aggie walk. I you saw like like uh, Jerry Kill and, and everything. And then we went to the press box, which like we, we went to sit in the press box. Like we're right at the 50. And it's such a small stadium. Like the max capacity is like 28, 853. Yeah, uh, you would you get like the horizon of the crazy jagged mountains in the background. It's beautiful. Those shots are super, absolutely gorgeous. It was uh, it was incredibly amazing, and it was just so awesome to be there. And then they allowed us in the press box, which again, I, I don't I don't understand why they did that, but I, I definitely do appreciate it. The game was fantastic. I wish there would have been a little bit more scoring because in the beginning it was like back and forth, seven seven. I'm right. like, here we go. Uh, let's go. Let's get some craziness. The fun part for me personally, it, just being in the press box, like you, you the, there's like the offensive coaches and whatever the coordinators in the booth, like yeah. next to you, surrounded, like on the left and right side of you. And so, uh, FIU scored the first touchdown, and the FIU media team that was there. So like they were in the FIU like polos and stuff like that, and they're yeah. doing the graphics for the Twitter and uploading the stats for the team and whatnot. They, they looked at each other and they said, like, all right, we got a touchdown. Do you guys remember how to do a touchdown graphic? 
Oh no! <laughs> oh good. They, they, I'm glad that they 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 get the joke too. Like I'm glad they're enjoying that too. I'm glad they're enjoying it. It was great. And so like I was sitting right next to the graphic guy uh, for FIU, and he was loving it. We were getting some FIU fans in the mentions, uh, along with you know just everybody just enjoying everything there. You know, New Mexico State really had some plays. Like, I don't know if anybody watched it on Flow Sports or whatever, but they had some plays. They had open guys. For yeah. some odd reason, the quarterback just couldn't hit them. He had all the time in the world, just couldn't make the throws. He had, like, two guys streaking down the sideline. Like, both wide receivers on the sideline beat their men going in for touchdowns, and he threw it in between both of them, and they couldn't get it. Oh. And I was just like, oh, you got to be. Come on, New Mexico State. It was just – and then when, you know – Wide receiver breaks open. The quarterback finally puts it on the wide receiver. The wide receiver drops it. And I'm like, oh, you got to be. So I I wanted to be good luck for for them. I think one of the best part of the uh, when uh, FIU downed a punt on the one. Yeah. Like the, the defensive coaches in the booth, like to our right, just went absolutely like just bananas, insane, like, yeah! and, like just screaming crazy that they downed the punt on the one. I'm like, these are our people. Those are our uh, these people. Are yeah. These are our people. We're very, very thrilled. I, I want to thank John and, and everybody at New Mexico State. They indicated that I think they they tweeted at us that they would uh, let us come back uh, at any any time. Uh, honestly, to make that drive again, I, it's it's not too bad. I mean, there's a lot of nothingness, but I mean, we had some. I had my friends with me. Las Cruces was a fantastic town. I mean, we ate so much food with like red and green chilies all over yeah. everything. And Good I stuff. mean, oh man, they had a local brewery. I think Uncle Skip put us on uh, from like full cast fame and Jeopardy fame. Uh, he, yeah. he told us to go to High Desert Brewing Company. They had they had, a, they had some really good beer. Uh, it, it was fantastic. I wish we could have made a, a little bit more to do in the area. Uh, we didn't make it out to the uh, nuclear testing park. I guess, uh, White yeah. Sands, which uh, it was about an hour away. And then we just we couldn't get it into our schedule. And and honestly, we were everything that happened on Saturday and then the drive is just kind of you're just kind of exhausted. Oh, yeah. And then the time change, throwing everything off and everything. There was another place, I think, uh, was it called Wex we had for breakfast? Ooh. So um, imagine like your Waffle Hash, hash uh, Waffle House hash browns where you okay. get it like chunked and covered and smothered. But do it differently here. Like throw like some bacon, some ham, some sausage, some cheese all over the top of it. Then let's get the red and green chili on top of that. Of course. And have yeah. that in a bowl. Yeah. And oh my God. It's just like I have pictures of the food. I'm just like, I, I mean, I ate everything. It was so good. I mean, I wish I there was a chili con carne that was like uh, the best thing I've ever tasted in my life, Mexican food wise. Like, oh my nice. God. I think it was some place called Nopalitos or something, but it was fantastic. Yeah. It was just, it was a great trip. I want to do it again. I mean, that, that, that school is, is fantastic. I mean, it's a little school in like the second biggest city in New Mexico, which is really not that big. Yeah. Um, they had a good crowd. They had a, I mean, the student tailgate was great. The view was awesome. I, I love the school. Honestly, I'm like, you know, I mean, send, send my kids there or whatever, but uh, it is great. I, I love it. And, and I, I just thank them for inviting us and, and being the first school to essentially invite, <laughs> invite us yeah. inside the press box. So again, thank you so much, John and New Mexico state. We, we, we appreciate it so much. Tell me about their pistol Pete. Cause they have, oh, the, cause they have their own pistol Pete. That's right. So when we first got there, we went to the bookstore, right. And then my right. friend, Andrew, my friend, Andrew, we, I see like the plane, 
like there's a biplane with Pistol Pete on that. And he's just searching the entire bookstore and he wanted a shirt, but he's like, the shirt has to have Pistol Pete with guns. Yeah. So like, just not this face. He's got to have the guns too. So Pistol mm-hmm. Pete with guns, got to have that. So, and he found a, a, a couple of the shirts and it was, I mean, it was great. So the Pistol Pete's a little bit different. There was one point where they had to switch it from the Oklahoma State one. They took out his guns and then they put a lasso in his hands and, okay. and people called it, people called him Lasso Larry and they hated him. <laughs> and so he went away for like a year uh, and then they, they brought back the new Pistol Pete with the, the double guns and we got to meet Pistol Pete in the tailgating oh, yeah. parking lot. We took a picture with him. I mean, he had like a legit like curl mustache. He yeah, had the, his mustache is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like they look like they were like real like chromed out six shooter guns. I mean, the hat was great. He had the chaps. It was fantastic. Uh, I think at the end of the game, he was on like one of those hoverboards, like yeah, picking up stuff because it was a segway yeah, or a hoverboard. Yeah, or whatever. It was like farewell, Pistol Pete. They let us on the field after the game too. We took pictures on the field, like cool. on the logo. It was yeah, nuts. I was. Great. I took like a. I took a video of myself just like going, he's at the five, he's at the 10, he's at the five, touchdown, <laughs> just running around like an idiot, which I'm like, this is so much fun. I, again, I, I thank them so much. I, I definitely want to do it again. I'll just say that. I want to do it again. I'm so glad you got to go, man. I You've convinced me next time I will make that trip with you. I mean, maybe we can go next year for UTEP in New Mexico State, the 100th, the 100th, yeah. 100th Battle of I-10. So maybe we can try to do oh, that God, next that's year. That's going to be so good. God. Okay, well, let's go on to some other stuff from this weekend. I know that the highs of New Mexico State FIU are going to be hard to match, but we're going to try. Our game of the week last week was LSU-Auburn, and we some folks said that we had picked a, a popular game, something that was not up our alley, but this game delivered. Auburn got to 17 and then just stopped playing football. <laughs> they just completely stopped playing football. The passing yards on this game were insane. LSU had 85 passing yards total, I think. It was just a mess. Yep, as so a Penn was, State fan, yeah, I can yeah. confirm that Auburn does not like coming out for the second half. It, it, it was amazing. Just It wasn't quite night and day. It was just... It was funny. So, like, so I, I'm in the press box. Like, I have the, like, app going for the mm-hmm. score. And I keep showing my friend Andrew, who's right next to me, like, hey, look. Auburn's up 14 nothing already. He's like, what? And he's like, no way. And then I show it again. It's like 17 nothing. I'm like, I was like, dude, this is crazy. And then like before halftime, it's 17-14. And I show him again. He's like, what just happened? <laughs> Apparently there was a scoop and score we missed. It was uh, like LSU just, LSU Auburn being classic. I mean, it's like, it's like a fine wine that, that has a weird taste but somehow you like it and you like to drink it on like a special occasion like you know it's gonna taste weird but it just reminds you of a good time that you had in the past like it it puts you back in time like you remember that time that 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 barn caught on fire in the early 90s uh yes Mm, it's got a good oaky after Mm. after oh yeah yeah Yeah, it was just (laughs) dude this game is absolutely just stupid. Both fan bases hate themselves after this game. Yeah, yeah. And no one, that, that, no one, no, came, no one came out happy. Nobody's happy, and then that's what we like because we're happy. So if I told you, if I told you that Auburn doubled LSU's yards and lost the game, shocking? 
Nope. In this game, no. Because LSU had <laughs> LSU had around 250 yards, and Auburn had 500. You can tell me anything about this game, and I will believe it. They averaged 7.1 yards per play, and they lost this game. Auburn destroyed math. <laughs> and I know math isn't their strong point, but Jesus Christ, guys. The the only thing that I, I can think about, I, I've been to the Auburn LSU game yeah. a few times, and both times uh, that I've been there, my dad would always park by the Aquatic Fish Diseases building in Auburn. Okay. And that seems to be like a metaphor for this game. There's some weird <laughs> fish disease <laughs> that is haunting this game i have no idea what it is it's weird i have it is is such a strange game every time and it's like auburn can't score in the second half ever or against a p5 team like barely it's it's ridiculous and i mean this nobody's happy like i think one of the guys we follow podcast he he was just like he, he posted a picture like just him i don't know what it was but it was just like somebody just completely burnt out after what just happened. Yeah. And and that's how all, both of the fans feel. Like nobody's happy. Nobody's happy. It's a game that has to occur because they're in the same division. <laughs> and it's a mess every year. And, I mean, we love it. So it, it's, it's nuts. Once again, Brian Harson survives the weekend as head coach at Auburn while two of his comrades fall down. I didn't find out about Carl Durrell getting fired until – after Paul Chris got fired, like I, like I didn't even find out about the first one. And that's what happened to me. Like I just got back from New Mexico, and I open the phone or whatever. I get home, you know, throwing my stuff or whatever. Open the phone and I look, and it's just like Paul Chris has been fired. I'm like, what? And then somebody made a joke about I know the guy just for the job, and I just put it underneath it. I was like, this is literally the first thing that I saw when I walked in the door coming mm-hmm. back from New Mexico. So it's just like what? And then and then I found out that Darrell was fired before that, and I was yeah. like, and then the only thing that I can think of why Harson's not fired is is Auburn doesn't have an athletic director. That's right. God damn it. So, so they want to get. I, I mean, do they want to just like? Hire athletic director and then make him fire Harson first, or your, your first job on the your, your first, first day on the job, your, your first day on the job. All right, you got you got to fire somebody. It's like initiation oh. for Auburn. Oh, but it, but it'll be great though, because because that'll also endear the AD to all the Auburn fans. So he goes in and fires him, and then he becomes you know king for a day. It'll be great. Executioner for a day. Hey, buddy, welcome to your job as athletic director. I know this wasn't in the job description, but uh, here, here's the ceremonial axe. Yep. Here's the, <laughs> here's, the, here's the guillotine. Have fun. Enjoy, enjoy yourself. Last week on the podcast, you brought up Louisville Boston College, and I said, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, why are we doing this? I'm sorry. I take back everything I said about that game. I, I told you. I was just saying, it's I, one I, of those, it was one of those, like, I have... This gut instinct, it's going to get lost. It's on the ACC network. It's at the beginning of the day. It's in Boston College. I don't trust Louisville. The coach may be on the hot seat. I have no idea. But, I I mean, Louisville's defense made Boston College's offense look like a juggernaut. 
That's it was so ridiculous. Sad. Jesus they Christ, were, that's bad. They were averaging like I think at one point they were averaging like 14 yards a play, but the oh only reason God. that the, the only reason like that Boston College didn't score is because Boston College kept committing the most hilarious turnovers ever. <laughs> no, the man. <laughs> like, like I think my favorite one was when I think the quarterback for Boston College he's running around, he's about to get sacked, and the running backs in the backfield. And so he's in a weird position, and he decides to try to lateral lateral it. Uh, I can't even say that right now to the running back. But since he's kind of partially wrapped up, he throws the ball backwards. It goes backwards forty yards. Mad scramble for everybody <laughs> trying to get it, and, and then like Louisville recovers it, and and, and then they get it there. I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me! God damn it! Uh, it was just so. I, I mean, like. Boston College had three turnovers, like, but like 448 yards. Like they threw for yards per pass, 14.5 yards per pass for Boston College. Jesus Christ. But guess what? But, but guess what? Boston College was two for nine on third down. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> My God. That's 2020 Penn State levels of shit right there. This, yeah, I mean, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's so bad. It, it was... It was so ridiculous. You think Boston College was in trouble? Like Louisville comes out to a touchdown. Boston College throws an interception. Uh, then here, here's Boston College out of nowhere. But, you know, touchdown. Then there was a punt. Then there was a crazy fumble. And then they hold Louisville to a field goal. And it's touchdown. And just like fumble, touchdown, 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 and the half. Then it's like field goal, touchdown, touchdown, interception. I would just. <laughs> Jesus. It was such a wild game. And I mean the funny thing is that like like Boston College scored like a 69-yard touchdown pass, right? Nice. Yeah. Of course. You gotta say that. And nice. then like the next drive, Louisville goes right back down and scores a touchdown. Like a nice little drive touchdown. Then, you know, they're up by five. And for some odd reason, Boston College is able to go on these like drives and just get field goals. Like just no <laughs> clock and get field goals. So they kicked two field goals. You think it was a touchdown and maybe they tried to go for two or something like that. No, no, no. They kicked two field goals in the fourth quarter uh, on like like 12 plays, 60-yard drives. It was just such ridiculousness. It's oh classic. God. These teams are not in the ACC Coastal, but I think I'm going to flip them to the ACC Coastal because this was very, very ACC Coastal behavior. And it was just one of those. I think we had it ranked, what, like, Fourth or fifth or maybe third? It was, it, it, was, it was in the top five, yeah. It was in the top five, and you were just like, why did you have this on here? I'm like, this is why. This game was nuts. And, yep. and both now Louisville is two and three, and Boston College is two and three, and, and it feels very appropriate. The same teams, basically. Basically the same teams. ACC, all coastal conference. It's in the walls. It's, it's in the walls. You're going to have to rip up the drywall to get all the coastal out of that conference. And I don't think they foundational rot. Yep, you're gonna need. You're gonna. Yeah. Oh man. I have. Oh, I hope you don't have a pier and beam, pier and beam foundation because it's gonna f- collapse on you. It's in quicksand. I'm sorry. God. Sorry. <laughs> so we have ranked Kansas this week. Finally. Yes. Finally. They Finally ranked us. Kansas, and and they're going to game day at Lawrence. Yes. That's amazing. TCU. TCU absolutely just took it to Oklahoma, and there's nothing fun to talk about that game except for the fact that TCU just put the gas down and did not let up. But Kansas won a 
close game at Iowa State. 14 to 11 is a weird score. Iowa State had more yards than Kansas. Iowa State, you know, looked like the better team for a lot of that game and just couldn't do anything with it. To get to 11 points, you have to have two in there somewhere, right? Do we want to go over how Iowa State got that two? How did Iowa State get this two? I don't know, actually. I know, but go ahead. Explain, Danger. Explain. All right. So Iowa State scores a touchdown, and they line up for a normal extra point, except the snap goes up, the holder catches it, says, oh, no, I don't have any time to hold this, gets up, takes off, (laughs) runs for the corner, makes the corner. Sure. Why not? Just like they drew it up. This was great because when when he, he got the snap, he tried to put it down, but it was too late. So he, he gets and he's just like drifting like he's trying to be a passer. And he's just like drifting slowly, 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 <laughs> slowly. N- nobody's open. Nobody's open. And then he's just like, oh, OK, I guess I'll try to run. And then he runs to like the pylon and makes it in rather easily. But it was just like he was just like, I don't want to run. 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 Okay, final run. And that's how they got the two-point conversion. It was like a reluctant two-point conversion after a bad snap went wrong. It was it was great. It was hilarious. So apparently the guy that ran it in, Blake Clark, is a quarterback. Yeah. So he, he, he thought about it. He was like, he just, somebody's going to come open. It's the fire drill play. So maybe a tight end will pop open, maybe a lineman. He's like, nobody's open, nobody's open. And he just keeps like slowly listlessly going to the right to the right and he's like he's like he's like almost baseball crow hopping to the right to the oh, no, right I have to do this, I have to do this. So hey danger tell us about penn state northwestern <sighs> i can tell it was a good game Sorry, i was i was take i was taking a cue from excellent podcaster Stephen godfrey right there yep um So first, I saw a tweet from Penn State beat reporter Ben Jones, and it said, Penn State is averaging about one inch of rain per hour right now, and this is pregame, so I'm like, oh dear, this is going to be bad. Yeah. And notwithstanding, I had an offer to drive in and have tickets for the game. I looked up for the the weather forecast and immediately politely declined. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's raining. It's raining where I'm at two and a half hours away from Penn State. So there's there's no way that it's going to be any better. And readers, listeners, let me tell you, it got worse. Yeah. So Penn State did the right thing. They didn't do the Brian Kelly. They put the ball mostly on the ground to the tune of four fumbles. (laughs) They outrushed (laughs) Northwestern something like 220 to 38. (laughs) but had four fumbles two by true freshman nick singleton one by veteran kevon lee and one by another true freshman katron allen whose nickname is nickname is fat man that's not relevant but it's still fun so it's good yeah i said it yep fat man gotta love shout out out fat man shout out fat man but my god i saw a tweet that made me nauseous it turns (laughs) out that None of Penn State's wide receivers or running backs were wearing gloves, but their tight ends were. Why? And well, you, you would think that in the rain, okay, you want all the help you can just like holding onto the ball, right? Yeah. Nope. 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 They, they, just, they just refused. 
And I, I was morbidly curious because Northwestern, they genuinely were given every chance to get into this game. And mm-hmm. I was, I was worried for a minute. I was worried, but then I saw them play offense. <laughs> Thanks to our friends at GameOnPaper.com, we have negative thirty-one point eight two offensive EPA on Northwestern side. Jesus Christ! Every ball that... that came out of Ryan Holinsky's hands was was either off target by a couple of yards, which fair, a little bit of good defense from Penn State, but a whole lot of hitting hands and going right through hands. Oh, Were they wearing gloves? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but Penn State's punter won uh, Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. Shout out Barney Ammer. Ooh, Barney Ammer. Ooh nice. So another, so, yeah, another, another punter took it away from Iowa. Oh, Six-year senior. Six-year senior, senior Barney Ammer. The man. Yeah. We love punters and uh, – yeah, the Iowa-Michigan game, the only thing I wanted to talk about there was there's a series of tweets I saw with Iowa people wearing funny shirts, yes. one of which was, I cheer for the punter. That was about, Yeah, that was about the highlight of that game. It, it, that ended up being a more of a just a morass of awfulness like I thought it was going to be. That one I feel pretty justified in how I felt about that game. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't think that was going to be sickos. I felt like that was just going to be just uh, not not great i'd just yeah. say but i mean it was just like it wasn't like it wasn't going to be wild it was going to be boring like michigan was going to bore uh iowa to death essentially yes it, it exactly, seemed that exactly way. what it was and, yeah. and that's what like michigan wasn't going to make any mistakes they were not going to be any flash they, they were not going to do anything silly to give iowa those crazy points on the defensive side of the ball they were not going to do any of that and then that's again true. There's so many Iowa shirts that I, I want to buy. Send us links, please. Let us oh, know yes. uh, where you get, you know, I root for the punter. Uh, punting is winning. I mean, there, there's got to be links somewhere. The, the punting is winning shirt, the one where the, the one with the Australian thing, on, the one with Australia on it is, is, a, is a fundraiser. Their, their Australian punter does like fundraising for something. I forget what the thing is. But oh, yeah, his shirt. Yeah, no, it's awesome. If that's for a good cause, even better. I mean, I want the shirt and then it's for a good cause. I mean, that's a double bonus. For us, I mean, definitely, I want that shirt. So I, I, I will find a way to get it. Um, I think we skipped a game, Danger. Yeah, yeah. we, uh, we, yeah, we had an, another monsoon game. God damn. Uh, Pitt and Georgia Tech. So at the insistence of people that I was sharing a place with who were Pitt fans, we had watched this game. And I was thinking before, oh, you know, it's Georgia Tech. They just fired their coach. They're in a bad spot, but... Let me tell you, Pat Narduzzi, after having Kenny Pickett, Jordan Addison, and quite honestly, one of the best pit offenses of the last decade. Yeah. Or a couple decades. It's a couple decades, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there was that one year where they played a basketball game against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also never forget that because that's when they beat Penn State, and I hate it. But yeah, <laughs> watching this game, watching this game warmed my cold, shriveled made in center county heart because let me tell you pat narduzzi is getting what he wants and that is boring offense like no explosiveness and let me tell you georgia tech they earned it they played hard jeff sims is still a dude and you know what i'm i'm happy for them this is one where i i just caught the score and was absolutely shocked at this 
because I had written off Georgia Tech as just, I mean, they kept coming up as like the worst of the worst. Penn's and uh, not Penn State, dear God, Pitt just completely cratered on this. They played, they played boring, unexplosive football and got taken to the cleaters for it. Sideshow Bob versus Rakes. That was one of those games. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. God bless. Mentioned this earlier, but man, TCU took out some anger on Oklahoma. Dear God. I, I didn't know what was going on. Like we, we got to, we got to like a sports bar at, I think they opened at like 11 uh, mountain time. So it's like noon or whatever when that game started and uh, watching it. And I was like, okay, what is going on? It's like 20 to three already. What what happened TCU? What is going on? So then we get to the, the sports bar to just, you know, relax and, and eat some lunch before the game. And, and we're watching it on the game and they, they keep doing the, uh, the Aaron Judge cut-ins and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I, every time on the cut-in, it seemed like TCU was scoring another touchdown. Like Aaron Judge was getting hit by a pitch or walked. Walked. Uh, or, or, <laughs> I mean, just, or, I mean, or striking out. Who knows? But it, TCU was just dropping points left and right. I was just like, it was incredible. Like, I, I don't think Oklahoma knew what they were doing defensively at all. And it was just, I, I could not believe what I was seeing. I'm incredibly happy for uh, Stats of War Parker on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Like, he's Stats of War. He was, I, I think I tweeted at him in the middle of the game. It was like, it was like 45 17 or something at some point, or 42 7. I don't know what it was, but TCU, a lot of points. OU, not that many points. And I tweeted at him, I was like, how much fun are you having right now? He's like, you have no idea. And I was just like, it was just, it was just totally unexpected. And and the the thing that the icing on the top of this one is that TCU's offensive coordinator is Garrett Riley, who is Lincoln Riley's brother. Mm-hmm. So taking it to his former team, and oh my, Brent Venables was just not happy. <laughs> and Garrett so Riley definitely oh got a Dropbox God. file. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Of the twenty-four points that Oklahoma scored. How many of those were uh, passing touchdowns? Are we guessing here? Uh, Let's take a guess. I'll say one. Zero. The answer is zero. Wow. Yes. (laughs) The answer was zero. (laughs) It was, there were all runs. It was, TCU had almost 700 yards, six, uh, over 650. We'll put it that way. Over 650 yards. That is like Oklahoma, the joke has always been Oklahoma defense has been garbage. Like that's always been the joke, right? Back when, back when it was, uh, back when Brent it was. Venables well, I was gonna say, them. I was gonna say whatever, whatever, whatever Stoops that was. Was that Mike? It was, whatever, Mike. Whatever, it was Mike? Whatever Stoops that it was. was. Like that's always been the joke is that Oklahoma has had this like off high power offense and then a bad defense. But what if neither? Yikes! I do want to say one other thing about this game. Shout out. Sickos committee godfather Jason Kirk for getting on the mouse channel oh. with his tweet. TCU yes. might get to 62 points before the baseball guy does. And shout out my hometown, beautiful Baltimore Orioles for not allowing baseball man to hit 62. Mm-hmm. Right. A Friday night game that was actually a lot of fun. Tulane beat Houston. Yeah, Tulane, that was, that was, it was a crazy game because it, it was nuts. I mean, Tulane down at a third string quarterback and they somehow win the game. And it was, was it single OT or double OT? I think it was single. It was single. Yeah. Single OT. 
so yeah, the Tulane drives down the field, gets within like the eight yard line or something of Houston mm-hmm. on the first drive. Then the second string quarterback who was playing, which uh, apparently the first stringer was hurt unexpectedly and he couldn't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the second stringer starts and he's on fire. He's driving down the field, just going, I mean, just, and then it's like third down. He lowers his shoulder into like a, a cornerback to deliver a hit and then he hurts himself. So then the third stringer oh, has to come in for Tulane. And I don't know how Tulane pulled this off, honestly, with like a third string quarterback. Yeah, I beating, don't know either. I mean, just beating like Houston, it, it wasn't looking good. I mean, there was like two lane guys dancing on the sideline, um, celebrating a scoop and score. It was, it was a lot of fun. I, I'm glad for Tulane, and I'm, I hope they have a great year. I mean, I know New Orleans will support them uh, again, and and that that venue they have there in Newman was great. To, but to go on the road to Houston and and to get a win because this game, Tulane and Houston is is wild, all the time. Yeah. It is yeah. nuts. It's always on like a Friday or a Thursday, and it's insane every single time. And it's just a great game. And and I, I'm good. I'm happy for Tulane. You know, hopefully they can keep it going this year. I mean, after that upset at K State, they did falter a little against, uh, against Southern Miss, which bound to happen in a rivalry game. Super back you. Super back you. It is hard to beat them. I I don't know what Dana's gonna do with this team because he looks like he's done. Like, yeah. I mean, with his comments know. last week. He looked like he was just absolutely done. And then he, you know, the classic Dana Holgerson throws a headset and he's living on the sideline. You know, he he broke yep. the headset before OT. It was, it was great. Better put out a travel advisory for Dana. He's going to have some problems in some of his favorite casinos. He may end up with his picture on the on the wall for some angry bets this weekend. Or the mountains are nice this time of year. Mm-hmm. He's going Wait. He's going all the way to Lake Charles to uh, Le Berge du Lac. Yeah, he's gonna have to go further. He's gonna go further and further from his usual casinos. That's right. Oh, he may have to go to Cushada out there, and a little bit outside of Lake Charles. <laughs> might might have to go to a committee headquarters in Shreveport. Maybe he can hit the Boomtown in Shreveport. <laughs> Get him up there. Another weird one: San Diego State and Boise. San Diego State had thirty-three yards of passing but was leading at halftime 13-0. And also San Diego State had 33 yards of passing and lost 35-13. to This is a Brady Hope coach team, period. Right, like it, it just, it feels that way. Now I know, like, I think San Diego State has some quarterback injuries and they may have been down to their second or third string quarterback. I'm not 100% sure. But like what we just saw, two lanes, third string quarterback. I mean, you would think maybe San Diego State would probably have a relatively competent third string quarterback that they could probably put up more than 35 i was sorry 33 yards passing but that was that was the funny stat of the game for me that they're up 13 nothing <laughs> but <laughs> but they have 33 yards passing like how does this happen i think matt brown uh from extra points he he tweeted that they're leading and then and then at, at the end of the game they didn't get any more passing yards in the second half <laughs> at nope. all and then they lost 35-13. So, like, they blanked Boise in the first half. So, I was like, hey, maybe they got a shot to win. And all of a sudden, Boise got mad. I feel like Boise yeah. just, like, opened up Twitter and read all the tweets like, Boise's bad. Oh. They suck. And, and then, like, the coach, uh, Avalos or whatever, just showed them the Twitter. Look what they're calling you out there. And then Boise came out there. We're not going to take this social media bullying by anybody. And we're going to come out there with score. 
And, and they did. And they just like obliterated San Diego State in the second half. I don't know. Maybe they were playing with their food. And hopefully it's a good sign for Boise because they, they fired their offensive coordinator last week. Yeah. And then this week, uh, th- maybe the offensive coordinator didn't know what he was doing for the first half. A- and then he figured it out at halftime and made some adjustments. So may- props to the new offensive coordinator. In case you're thinking like, oh, 33 passing yards, San Diego State must just rush it a bunch, right? Not 81 yards of rushing. Brady Hook coach team. 114 wait, wait, wait. yards, 114 yards total. 114. How many times did they punt? Uh, let's see. I don't know if I can get that up fast enough because for some reason they don't have the uh, the fucking play-by-play. ESPN doesn't have a play-by-play on this because it was such a cursed fucking game. Out- outstanding. I'll, I'll vamp too. You know, sometimes like you just need to uh, restart your phone and leave it off for a couple minutes before it starts working. Yep. I feel like I feel like that's all Boise State needed. Just like, okay, let's take, let's uninstall the offensive coordinator. Let's shut the phone off, leave it off for a couple minutes, go up, get an iced coffee. And uh, yeah, then you score five straight touchdowns. They punted 10 times for a total of almost 500 punting yards. Boise State punted seven times. So th- this was, yeah, this, this was, was 17 a, this, punts. This was a this punt was fest. The punt fest. God. Love bless. it. Beautiful. On a Friday night too. Friday night too. God, Boise, Boise's got to stop playing these fucking Friday night games. I don't know what, I don't know how they ended up doing this. Good for us, bad for them. The Mountain West is um something. It is asses here, except for the Rebels of U, of uh, UNLV. They That's are right. four and one. They beat New Mexico. They got the fucking slot machine. They are yes. the best looking team in the Mountain West right now. They got their shit right. poker shades on. And uh-huh. they are counting, they're counting their wins all the way to the top of the conference right now. That's right. Someone, we have a, we had a Nevada fan in our mentions bemoaning how bad his team was and how good UNLV was. I was like, it must feel really weird. Like, this is like a weird season for you, right? He goes, you have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's like everything's flipped upside down in good Nevada. God. Like, just like Reno's down, Las Vegas is up in football. It's just so weird. Like, like we've seen a lot of these teams that have been historically bad having great starts, and 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 we absolutely love it. Like this, this what this is what makes it fun for us when we see teams that basically haven't done anything in 10, 12, 20, whatever, how many years, yeah. and, and they start winning. And I mean, we're thrilled for UNLV, and, and I'm sure maybe that 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 Guy Fieri money is coming through for UNLV. Uh, so, you know, maybe all the way to, fla- the way to Flavortown getting- state, baby, Flavortown state. Wait, sicko, sicko's guy with uh guy Fieri, uh, Ooh. Oh shit. Yes. Done. Oh shit. Okay. Done. Done. Winner. All right. Yeah, exactly. UTSA meet me all over, uh, over, over middle Tennessee. Interesting thing. Frank Harris, UTSA, UTSA quarterback had a 3.58 Detmer in this winning effort. He threw for 358 yards, two TDs and two ints. For a single what game, a for a single game Detmer number three point five, that's really good. That's a that's lad. a fantastic Detmer. That's what we like. I mean, that's what we base the Detmer off of. Like basically, almost even interceptions and touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So like a, a even inter- interception touchdown ratio and getting as close as possible or more than four hundred yards in a game. That's what we want to see, and that's what the Detmer is based off of. And and we salute you, Frank Harris, for that effort. That Detmer, and I mean. 
the as I think somebody tweeted, I don't know who tweeted it, but like if UTSA holds on to this win, the transitive wins for the rest of the year is going to be absolutely insane. And oh, thank you so much, Roadrunners. Meep meep. Meep meep. Meep meep. Okay, guys, we're going to dip into the SEC territory now. I missed all of this game, so I need someone to tell me what the fuck happened with Georgia Mizzou. Okay, so I was in the booth at the press box at the time, and so I'm watching this game, and like I think that I fr- it first caught my eye when Mizzou was up 19 to nine. Yeah, and I was like, this is a weird, weird score. Let me let me peek in on this one. And and I'm sitting next to like the FIU graphics guy, and mm-hmm. and like he's he's the one that's doing the social media, and you can see him like actually edit the graphics that they tweet out, which is is pretty cool. And, and maybe that's your future, Jordan. You can be the future oh, FIU hey, graphic guy. Someone, so, someone hire me. That's ULM right. I'm hire him. ULM, yeah. hey, screw it. Let's move to Las Cruces and just eat green and red chilies all day and I'm get done. get get chili and like they had license plate with chilies on it. And I'm like, yes, chili pepper license plate. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. Uh, but like it, it, I'm watching it. And so I'm showing the guy. He's like, huh, that's weird. I was like, how much time is left? It's like, I think they're in the third quarter. And then, so then the next time I see it's 22, 12. So I, I show him and it's in the fourth quarter. It's 22, 12. I'm like, huh? Okay. And we're both like, no, this can't be happening. Right. This no way. And then all of a sudden it's 22, 19 and there's like seven minutes left. And so I show him again. I was like, it's a three point game. It's like, oh no, Georgia's got it now. And, and they wound up getting it. And it feels like Georgia. I, I think I tweeted. I was like, did Kent state find a hole in Georgia's armor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what and it felt then, like. And then Mizzou was exploiting that hole, and they were like phrasing, but uh, <laughs> just no, it was weird. So I, I think Georgia is going to be fine. Just looking at the analytics after it, I feel like Georgia was just—I don't know. Do you think they're bored? I, was, I felt like they were playing with their food. It felt like they were just playing with like they—they they, they were just playing with their food, and then almost got their asses kicked because of it. They—they they just. Refused to throw to um, Androids 18 and 19, a.k.a. Brock Bowers and yeah. uh, Darnell Washington. They, they just refused to, and then they're like, oh, wait, we have these guys. Let's in the game. Now, Mizzou, here's the recipe for an upset. Step one, convert touchdown drives. It is awesome that your field goal kicker, who rules, kick five field goals. Yep. Here's the problem, though. You kick five field goals. Make one more, there's a touchdown. And you got 27, 26 or mm-hmm. wait, what's math? Uh, 26, yeah, 26, sure, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Just one, We're going time. Yeah. This, this is a sickos committee. Not the, uh, not the maths committee. No, we're not good at math. We, even, we'll make typos on tweets. Let's do it. Hey, <laughs> hey, I have an engineering degree and, uh, yeah, you, you don't need to be good at math. You just need to like know how to use Excel. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Someone else has the math for you, by the way, how many, how many field goals total were kicked in this game? Anyone know? I, I feel I feel like there had to be at least eight eight or nine. There were nine. A, okay, there were yeah, nine. There were nine fucking field goals in this game. Also, how many TDs did Heisman Trophy candidate Stetson Bennett throw for? Uh, I'm sorry, that makes me laugh every time. <laughs> the answer is zero. Oh, the answer is zero. He was sacked twice. Zero TDs. Zero interceptions. It was it was just a weird day for again, I think I think George is fine. This was just a weird one that almost got out of hand for them. One that didn't get out of hand for a very good team 
was Rutgers going to Ohio State. God bless. Only interesting God thing bless. about only interesting thing about this one was the was the fake punt that I I guess I like uh-huh. it, this this wasn't this wasn't like the fake last week where the coach was like I didn't tell him to do that. Nope, this was this was scheduled. This was absolutely supposed to happen. I, I don't know about that, but because this was the backup Ohio State punter, evidently, and so basically the entire side was vacated. They're down forty nine ten. The entire side was vacated by the Rutgers coverage team. So the punter yeah. decides to take off, and he takes off. He runs for like thirty yards, and he gets out of bounds. He's clearly out of bounds for like three or four steps. But mm-hmm. the Rutgers returner like completely launches himself. He's just he's into just the mad he didn't get to, he didn't get film. <laughs> he was so mad. <laughs> it was so good. Oh I think we God. had a bet with with Chickens and Dan. We had the bet the over under total punts for Ohio State was the over under was set at two. I think. Yeah. Yeah, or two and a half or whatever. And I went under. I was incorrect. I had so it over. I remember you this. Yeah. Over. You you got that one. Um, it would have been four if not for that fake. So you you nailed that one. So good one. Yeah, yeah. Was that's about the only interesting thing in that? And and Shiano and Ryan Day almost got into it. No, my favorite thing was somebody. I think it was somebody on the committee edited a uh, tweet together of Ryan Day pointing angrily, and great. then photoshopped the cat in the other frame. Yep, from that, that was one absolutely perfect. Cat. The funniest <laughs> thing. An NPC Ryan Day, like he doesn't look like a God. real person. He does not look like a main character. He he just looks like uh, you know one of the uh, like one of the what are they uh, Danes in Skyrim? Yeah, one of he the Jarls. Jarls. Yeah. He looks like one of the Jarls in Skyrim who's helping you with the quest. It's it's un- uncanny valley as hell. I'm gonna Photoshop him into some Skyrim shit. Just wait. Uh, Purdue, <laughs> Purdue, Ryan Purdue Day, Minnesota. Ryan Day is Lydia. Oh God. Yeah, not that. Uh, Purdue at at Minnesota. Minnesota was banged up. Purdue took advantage. I thought Minnesota had been sort of like my quiet favorite team for the last four or five weeks. I thought they were going to just keep going. And they got, they got, they got trained. Good God. They got, they got the Purdue peated. I I remember we were having a discussion on the the rankings and they were just like, why? One, you know, I'll just say that he is a Minnesota fan and he was like, why are you ranking this game? You don't need to rank this game. I don't know if it was just like he didn't want us to pay attention to it or, you know, he didn't think it was going to be sickos. But I was just like, this is Purdue. You're 4-0. You're riding on a high. You've been like, you know, the analytical marvel, like just, just standing out, weird analytics, like you just perfectly executing everything. And... Purdue's here to take a sledgehammer. Yep. And that's all they, that's that is their purpose in life. Like Purdue they will Peter is the mentor. That mm-hmm. is it. I mean, that's what they do. That is Purdue as hell. I love Purdue. Seriously. Like they're here to just make your life miserable. And you're on a high and Purdue's like, uh uh-uh, uh, no, get down here with us. I love Purdue. Purdue is awesome. Minnesota was banged up. They didn't have their running back, so I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, without their running back, they they are just I'd say like an average team. But yeah. like they're it, it, it it's a shame. I wish they'd get them healthy because you know I I love to see high flying Minnesota in this, and then maybe they survive Purdue. But I mean Purdue put the clamps on them. 
Georgia State beat Army. This is Georgia State's first win. We now only have two FBS teams left without a win. And that would be Colorado and Colorado State, who don't play this year because God hates us all. But they should. I think they need to schedule. Can they do like a last minute schedule change with somebody? I know they're in conference play now, but just like, you know, conference championship weekend, like they had that weird USC Cal game last year. Mm -hmm. They need to do the Colorado, Colorado, Colorado state game. Just throw it on the schedule. Say it was planned and say the NCAA didn't realize it was planned and just do it there at the end of the year. And if they're both winless, I, I mean, play it in, in Boulder or Fort Collins, I will find a way to make it to that game. If play it mile high, baby. Play it mile, mile high, baby. No. Play it in Laramie. Let the Wyoming fans enjoy this one. Now, that that's when you can take the Centennial Cup. One, make it a neutral site. Two, move it to somewhere with worse weather. And three, if both teams remain as not unwell as they are you can call mm-hmm. it the rocky mountain oyster bowl there we go i like that <laughs> winner it's a winner do it colorado do it colorado state come on do it one thing is like georgia state leapt out to like a 17 nothing lead and then yeah. army shrunk it to like 17 14 i'm like oh no georgia state's gonna blow it army tried to fake punt with about four minutes left and georgia state wasn't fooled and then they just converted two back-to-back touchdowns to make this this game look not as close as it was. But, oh, it was a close one. Back in the Big Ten West, Illinois thumped Wisconsin. Is Illinois good danger? I would like to issue a formal apology to not Burt Bielema, but Brett Bielema. He is, he's earned it. The 20-18 nine-overtime win over Penn State launched their team into relevance, confidence, and... Actually, I will I will step outside Sicko's Kfair for a second. Ryan Walters, <laughs> their defensive coordinator, is excellent. Yeah. And hey, Wisconsin hired him. Okay, back to Sicko's Kfave. They fired Paul <laughs> Chris because they couldn't beat their old coach. I I I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't announce Barry Alvarez as their interim. But good on them for <laughs> good on them for fighting that urge. No, no. they they went with the even better Jim Leonard, who is somehow as Wisconsin as Barry Alvarez. I'm just going to just say both of you look up how many rushing yards Wisconsin had. Just, just look it up. I, I want your genuine reaction. Cause I know you both don't know this. What the fuck? <laughs> how? Oh, this is beautiful. Did, did Graham Mertz just, Oh my Braylon, God. Braylon Allen, eight carries for two yards. Oh my God. How do you how do you get thirty one rushing yards if you're Wisconsin? How like broken even, do you have to be? And that that's not sack yards either. That's thirty one genuine rushing yards. That's yep. that's bad. Okay, Wisconsin needs to be torn down. Like again, it's in the walls. Tear it down. Mm-hmm. Start again. Meanwhile, Illinois has actually assumed Wisconsin's play style and strengths. And yeah, Brett Bielema looks like he's coaching Wisconsin again. That's scary. But they're orange. Maybe it uh, is a better color for him. I don't know. I don't know. Well, if, if when, you're, when you're a large man like I am and like Brett is, orange isn't always the best color. It brings it makes your cheeks look a little red, but that's okay. The red is bad from too. Go with the he navy. Went from, he went yeah, from go- red to red to orange. So yeah. Minor upgrade. 
<laughs> UMass came so close to beating Eastern. It actually ended up being a very good game. Eastern was up 13-0, lost, to 20, lost 2013. God. UMass, yeah, I mean, they had the 13-0 lead. I'm like, are they going to pull this off? It's the second half. It's 13-0 UMass. Come on, UMass. And, and rooting for it. And, I mean, Eastern Michigan came out and basically scored 20 unanswered. And they, they scored 14 in the third after UMass took that 13 nothing lead to take the lead into the fourth. Uh, and then they just, just put it away 20 to 13. And we, we figured that UMass's coach, Don Brown, would really love gray. Like, he's just like, just give me the gray. And yeah. he just loves everything gray and just cloudy and just great. It, it fit him. And we figured they would put up a good fight just because the field was gray. Also, I wanted to shout out the UMass media. So the, the, there was a UMass social media and then the, their reporters that were in the press box. They mm-hmm. purposely wore gray like polo shirts with UMass logos <laughs> on them to match the field. I, I replied to one of their tweets. I'm like, did you guys do this on purpose? If so, bravo. They said, yes, we did this on purpose. Thank you so much for, for noticing. And, and shout out to the UMass folks there. I mean, that was great. I mean, you got to dress for the occasion. You're on a gray field. That's, that's definitely where the gray polo, the gray UMass polo. Perfect fit. Every highlight I saw from this game looked like it was filled on a fucking potato. Like that field is unfilmable. It it causes things to glitch. It looks awful. Like I like I don't know what it is, but like nothing can be filmed looking good on that field. It's it's awful. So do they need to alternate like dark gray and light gray? They do, I think. And maybe like, that will capture the field a little bit better. It looks bad every time i've seen them film it and like all the graphics get weird and glitchy like i don't know what it is but like it's just, it's rough to watch it's probably can't focus because it's just gray like it yeah. can't pick up any color to focus even though blurry yeah it's it's a blurry game and anytime there's an eastern michigan game on tv it's sickos just because of the feel it, it always looks like someone's last known photograph like <laughs> like 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 video that you would see on unsolved mysteries is like this person was last seen, boop, 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 you know, seen. <laughs> Ypsilanti you have any information. It's the Ypsilanti Sasquatch. It just hides in the great field. <laughs> uh, Mike Leach suddenly has an interest in this job. <laughs> si- Silent Hill 2, but set in Ypsilanti. Done. Should be great. Love it. Silent Hill 2, Water Tower Boogaloo. Exactly. Just, just gotta two. have that. Just two the really phallic, phallic water. Just two the of them. phallic water tower in Ypsilanti. Oh. It's very phallic. Gotta love it. But also, yeah, the fact that UMass hung around in this game, um, Herm Edwards, baby. Yeah, you. I'm. I'm sorry, but you. You deserved it. There are lots of non P5 teams you can lose to, and it's bad, but not a great look. Losing to Eastern Michigan is just that's that's real bad. And that, that's rough, buddy. To some good news, UTEP, their first win in the Eastern time zone in school history. No one believed us when we tweeted this out because this stat sounds so absolutely insane. Because first people are like, oh, UTEP, they must have only been playing football since, you know, the 70s. No, man, they've been playing football since 1916. They've been around for a long time. Picks up. The only thing about it is that they don't often play in the Eastern time zone. No. They've only played, they've only played, they only played like really 26, 27 times in the Eastern time zone. So that's, that's part of the reason. Dot, dot, dot. However, that's still over a hundred years. 
Yes. I mean, they've played 27 times. This is the 28th time in the Eastern time zone. So they're now 1-26-1 in the Eastern time zone. I will, I'm going to announce that the UTEP Bullbound Express is back. They're 3-3. Three and three. I'm back on it. I thought it wasn't going to happen this year. Bullbound. And I've already made the graphics, so we'll post it later. Yeah. And but but seeing Boise State in the UTEP minecart. <laughs> oh my god. Just posting that every week now is going to stick in the craw of a lot of our fans. Yeah. Oh I've my been, god. So I've been stewing on this analogy all show. Mm. Have, have you ever played that COD 4 mission where you're in Chernobyl and you have to crawl around and you know the radiation static just starts going up if you get too close to something? I have, and you yeah, have to yeah. stay away. Mm-hmm. That's the Mountain West this year. Just mm-hmm. stay away from, stay away from its waters. It it is not safe for human consumption. Kamish, yes, you got you got out of your Halloween costume. I, I did. Uh, I'm not happy about that. I wanted to dress up as the Gold Friday Terry Bowden for Halloween. I wanted to do that. I wanted ULM to end the the losing streak to Arkansas State, but. No, uh, unfortunately, no, it didn't happen. Uh, ULM lost 45-28. It was a good game in the first half, and ULM, it was like 7-7, then uh, 10-7, Arkansas State was leading, and then ULM took the lead 14-10, and then Arkansas State said, hell no, (laughs) and they just turned it on. It's just like they, they hit another gear, and it just ULM just couldn't catch up, and I I'm... You know, they hadn't won a game in Jonesboro, Arkansas since 2001. Jesus. Um, so that, that streak stays intact. I, I really wish they, they could beat Arkansas State because, I mean, really, uh, it's it's kind of relative in the Monroe area. If you could actually pull this off, this could shift, like, recruiting and stuff like that Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the area. So it's it's kind of an important – I mean, I really wish that ULM could, could beat Arkansas State, so I will have to – Hope next year, and then I'll come up with another bet because, I mean, I did not. You know, honestly, I would have been fine dressing up as Gold Terry. Oh, I don't yeah. think I would have been able to pull it off as well as him. But Do it for the content. Yeah, uh, We'll see. Man, you know, come on. Y'all got, y'all got to do it next year, ULM. Come on. Nebraska won a game. A Big Ten Indi- game. A Big Ten game. They beat Indiana. The important thing about this is that Indiana, we are now three losses away from 700 all-time. Be the first FBS school to lose 700 games. Indiana losses approaching Albert Pujols home runs. Oh, oh God! That's why. Then, then we should we should be cutting into World Series games with Indiana football. Yes, as they start as they start to lose as they start to lose games. Bottom of the nine, two outs, and our broadcast will cut into Indiana versus Maryland. Oh yeah. <laughs> God, just so many angry people just throwing shit at their TV. Why are you showing me who's your football? Meanwhile, home field apparel is sitting there like uh, like the penguin. Oh, yes. Breaking <laughs> in the cash. Mm-hmm. Duke beat Virginia 38-17. Syracuse is ranked now, and I think this also makes Duke good. New yeah, party I... line. Is Duke good? Is Duke good? I mean, like Syracuse is ranked, but I don't necessarily know that they're good either. Like, they, they, beat they, beat, 
they beat Wagner. They were beating Wagner like forty nine nothing, and then in the second mm-hmm. half they're like, "Hey, let's just play ten minute quarters, quarters. and the running clock." And so it was like fifty two nothing. It was just like we're we're not gonna know if Syracuse is good. They have a bye next week, and then they play NC State, who we don't know is good either. But maybe, I mean, maybe they can get Syracuse game day. Honestly. Um, after this, but I don't know if they'll, they'll do it because NC state lost to Clemson, but, but I mean, Duke beat Virginia, like handily, like handily beat Virginia and Syracuse only beat Virginia at home by two. So, I mean, is Duke good? Is Duke better than Syracuse? Does Syracuse play Duke? I, I, let's see, let's, let's do it. I know I, that not, Virginia is year one of Tony Elliott, but they they might be sick. They're they're I, not. I, I don't know. They what's need going some on. Bodas, They need some Bodas bagels delivered to them to uh, cure their hangover. There we go. So Syracuse coming up. They have NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame. Okay, so they have a kind of a rough patch going forward. Okay, so we'll NC definitely find out. We'll definitely find out if Syracuse is good. We will figure it out by the end of this month. At the end of October, we will know if Syracuse is good. And then, oh, my God, they played Pitt the week after Notre Dame. Oh, that could be a sicko special right there. That, that one I'm actually – that one I'm all of a sudden very looking forward to. Oh, and then my they, God. They, and then they, they end the year at Boston College. So no matter oh. what. No matter what. Oh, Syracuse, you're too good to us. Thanksgiving in Chestnut Hill for Syracuse Ooh. and Boston College. Woo. Guys, what's it going? What's what's it going to take to get James Madison in the top twenty-five? Because they 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 destroyed Texas State. About three more weeks. Three more, really? It, that that's what it's going to take for everybody to keep losing, and the AP pollsters have no excuse. It's well, just, you know, thank you, thank you so for A and M losing. I mean, A and M lost, but so they finally just get kicked out of the poll. <laughs> Um, but, but they got replaced by Mississippi state. So then they end up going to play Bama next week. Oh, that's going to be fun. The problem, the problem is James Madison doesn't like, like their schedule is like, it's, it's, it's a good Sunbelt schedule, but it's also a Sunbelt schedule. So it's that, it's that issue. Like they have this month, they have Arkansas state, Georgia Southern and Marshall and, you know, beat Marshall, get that transitive win over, over Notre Notre Dame. Dame. (laughs) James Madison is looking great. They haven't, you know, they haven't played the the, can, the hardest schedule they, in the world. But. Can they go to a bowl game? Like I, I know they they, they, they got to let them so. to a bowl game. I mean, that's that's bull. You can't they you get, can't keep the pride of I eighty one down forever. I eighty one bisects the campus. It is. I'm just glad ULM doesn't play. I'm glad ULM doesn't play James Madison. I'll just say that. Oh Even yeah, ULM, they, has, ULM has coastal on. nets anyway. But you know, yikes! They would hang a hundred on y'all. God. Oh, uh, me. The last game I want to mention is, hey, UConn won an FBS game. Yes, and they like, did. And like a le- 2017. Like a legit one. They beat Fresno State at home. Now, did anyone play good in this game? No. Did anything interesting happen in this game? Not really. But they won it, and they can't take that away. Can't do it. Can't take it away. Uh, honestly, it's... When you when you w- end up with a final score and somebody has nineteen, you know that game was weird. You know that game was weird as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just it was so weird. I'm happy for the Husky Revolution. I know Jake Hanner's like out for the year with the injury. 
if Jake was there, probably this this doesn't happen. Yeah, I'll say that. I mean, UConn had oh my god, I'm looking at the stats. UConn had 313 yards, and Fresno State only had 187. Mm-hmm. That the Husky Revolution. Wow. They didn't even give us a carry with the big man. Like they didn't no. give us a carry with the 300 they didn't yard. Need to. 300. They didn't need to. They're they're saving that for UMass. Oh yeah. We were telling him to send, give him the ball 25 times last week. I was wild for that one. Chicken's like, I was like, I just want to carry. Just give him a carry. 25. No. 25. No. no. Every, 25. every play, give him the rock. Boom, boom, boom. Give him the rock. Feed him. This also reinforces the ban- the fact that, man, the Mountain West is bad this year. It's just, it's not great. Besides, besides UNLV, everyone else looks Real rough. Looks real rough. Hey, San no, Jose the, State should be four and zero. Yeah, they probably should have beat Auburn. Honestly, I'll say that. So San Jose State is is one and zero in the Mountain West. UNLV is two and zero in the Mountain West. Boise, even though they're down, they're still two and zero in the Mountain West. So honestly, they're those are the three teams that are still undefeated in the Mountain West. Air Force lost to Wyoming. Wyoming lost to San Jose State. Uh, those are the only other teams that are, that have wins in the Mountain West right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna watch the crap out of the Mountain West. Oh, anyway. I am too. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, it's not gonna stop us from watching this. We're we're gonna love the Mountain West. Like normally, the Mountain West is the crazy, wild Friday night game, weird mm-hmm. late night game that you're not paying attention to because you're watching some crazy Pac-12 after dark. Yeah, we're gonna be watching this, and and honestly. You know, it's it's gonna be a fun. I I'm really curious to see who wins this. Like like in the Sun Belt, you kind of can tell that you know whoever comes out of the East is likely gonna beat the team that comes out of the West uh, in the Sun Belt. Uh, either like wherever it's like App Coastal or James Madison. Like I mean, one of those three are likely gonna win the right. Sun Belt title. Like the West has got nothing. Like the Mac, the Mac is a jumbled mess. Honestly, I mean Kent State beating Ohio. Uh, which I mean, the ride to hell tour for Kent State, they they're they're looking great. Uh, yeah, in the MAC, I feel like they got a good shot. But anybody, it's almost anybody's game in the MAC until Maction begins. So once the Maction begins, you really get shaken out. But the Mountain West is just going to be wild. I don't necessarily know from week to week who's going to do what, and no. I cannot wait to watch this. It is our duty as sickos. To dive in where nobody else wants for, to perceive and find out the truth. Exactly right. The fact that some of these teams have played five games and no conference games yet. Shout out Hawaii. Is also like crazy too. But whatever. That's I mean, Ma- Mountain West, baby. Mountain West is, is great. Um, it should be fun. I mean, New Mexico's 0-2, but like they they could have won... Yeah. Against UNLV, uh, they, I mean, but like they just couldn't hold on to it. Like all these teams are kind of close, which is great. I got something for you guys. Uh oh, October twenty second, pencil it in. UNLV goes to Notre Dame. Oh, um, pencil real, that real in. The Catholic virtues. I mean, that doesn't count the Notre Dame game that they're playing against BYU in Vegas <laughs> this weekend. So. This weekend. So not only do we have Notre Dame playing in Vegas, we have Vegas coming to Notre Dame. Oh my. God. That's, wow. Some scheduling there, Notre Dame. 
That's a lot of Vegas exposure for the the Notre Dame fight in Irish. It is. Unexpected Vegas exposure. I think, guys, that's about all we got on here. Uh, Danger, you got anything else you want to say? Not really. Okay. Kamish? Uh, Nothing really. At at this point, again, I just want to thank New Mexico State for inviting us and, and, you know, my friends, Andrew and Richard, driving with me across the middle of absolute nowhere. Uh, we, we got to see like a water tower. I think I can't remember what the name of the fort was, but it's just like like six time state champion and six man football. I was like, oh, yeah. my God, we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> this is so great. Uh, but I mean, New Mexico State, uh, you're in our hearts. Uh, we got the poll going on right now. I don't know when the podcast goes up, but we got the poll going on. Get your votes in. We've already like doubled the amount of ballots that we had for the preseason poll. Honestly, we can't wait to see what you guys vote for. Uh, we're going to discuss the preseason poll in the next podcast, along with previewing the next week. So get your votes in. Make them count. Throw in some crazy stuff. We love that. Uh, I mean, you got 10 spots. I mean, throw in, you know, Aaron Judge, uh, you know, sides, uh, split screens. I mean, throw in whatever you want. I don't, I don't I, we really don't care. We're, we're not serious about it. But, I mean, yeah. I know some of our committee members are like, I got to deliberate and I got to list out all my 10 teams. It's great. I mean, like people are taking this like serious and then other people are just like, like posting the, their ballots for, you know, I, I can't even think of the word right now. They're posting the ballots for transparency. For, for transparency. Exactly right. That's right. Yeah. They want to be transparent in their sickos voting and they want to own up to what they put in their top 10 sickos teams and how they think sickos wise. And you know, it's funny when people do that, like nobody has the same 10. It's just because yeah. yep. <laughs> sickos again is undefinable. What kind of weird football you want to watch? Because again, when we were telling the people at the tailgate in New Mexico state, all football is good football because it is football. Yep. And, and that's what we love to watch. No matter what it is, no matter how bad these teams are or whatever it is, uh, or how good they are or how crazy they play, we just love to watch. And that's what we're there. And and again, one last shout out to New Mexico State. We're coming back to Las Cruces. I, I got to eat some more yeah, food, we are. More, chili, more chili peppers. And, and I think my friend Andrew needs to get another shirt with Pistol Pete with guns on, on both of it. Guns are blazing. But again, happy yes, haha yes. And uh, we'll be back to discuss the poll in the next time. Sounds good. We'll see you guys later on this week for the poll and our preview of week six. Have a good one.